0: Welcome to the Black Men Think Podcast. If this is your first time here, know that the views and opinions expressed by the Black Men Think Podcast are those of the Black Men Think Podcast and not the individual members. With that being said, we're about to be unapologetically, undeniably black. Enjoy.
1: So, I I was thinking... I just got one question. Have y'all ever been the token black guy? And I asked that, (laughs) let me, let me preface that. I asked that because I've been in situations where I kind of feel like I may have been the token black guy. Hmm. And, you. you know, part of me thinks that maybe I was and another part of me think, you know, it's like, Hmm maybe I was just the best representative. So I I kind of fought with it a little bit. So, uh, you know, I asked y'all, you know, uh, Tori, what, what, you know, you could start off first. Like, have you have you ever been, felt like you've been a token black guy?
2: So uh, <laughs> I think a key part is you need to distinguish between are you the token black person or are you just the only black person in the room? Okay. Right? Because those then, to me. Are they, are they the same? Are, no, they're not the same. They're two different things, you know. Um, and, and so I give you an example. So, you know, as a part of my job, I have been a lot of times the only black person in the room. And it's not because I was the token, it was because one of my positions, so I had it to be there. It was a, something that was under my purview. But then in other instances, I was the token black person because you, you could tell because they always point the questions to you. Oh, so what do you think about this? Or, oh, uh what are your thoughts you know so i think by one having that distinction of you know a, a, a one which which situation you're in but to answer your question jd I, yes i definitely have been the token uh, black person in the room too it, and it always it never fails because they always ask you so what do you think about this tory <laughs> uh, how, 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 how do you... the black man's thought on
0: this <laughs> black man
2: would you speak now <laughs> how do you think this was a... And they use the word community, but you know what they really mean. You're like, so how do you think this was impact the community? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my community. <laughs> X, y, <or> Z. <laughs> so I think it. You really have to pay attention to those those questions, and mm-hmm. a lot of times I don't think that they are necessarily just doing it, uh, consciously. Sometimes it's it's, it's subconsciously, they do it right. Uh, it, it happens, but it, it 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 happens quite frequently on mine. Yeah, what in,
0: about you, Mo? In a, in a, well, I was gonna say, in a time like this, um, I think that's that's gonna be an extremely interesting scenario for anybody right now, because you know it's a very sensitive time, obviously, and Black people are tired of kind of being put in these situations where we feel uncomfortable, where you know we have to be the Black guy. Uh, <clears throat> shout out to uh, uh, Louis Giguere on the cray, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, we we'll save we'll save that conversation about that for for another day. We we got another another conversation that we we gotta break about that and other similar situations. But um, you know, I would say, well, first let me just answer the question. I have, without question, more than likely against my will at times been the token black guy, and probably at times where well, I didn't even realize it. You know, um. And 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 you know, even as you guys were talking, I was sitting here thinking about how that whole perception or the whole deal with being a token black guy can look different, you know. Tor, you brought up the you know, kind of the example where, you know, you are the guy in the room and you're asked about the black perspective on something, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, hey, you, what well, what do you think about this? And usually, it's a it's more of a demeaning approach to it. Like like usually, they're asking you about something that they assume, or let's just say, they're in a conversation that they assume is relevant to black people, and so they want the black thought, right? Mm-hmm. No pun. Um, you know, I've been in situations where I've been called into the situation to be the black thought. You know what I'm saying? and it's it's really confusing to me and i I'll give an example so you know i've done a lot of uh a lot of work in in churches a lot of a lot of ministry work um where you know really the the whole goal and and idea behind it all is to kind of bring together the um the gap between um between races in churches you know right. um the 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 popular term for it is racial reconciliation Um, but the idea is to bridge the gaps, to close the divides, to destroy the walls and the barriers that keep Sunday, the most segregated day of the week, you know, we all have seen it and we all know that. Um, but ironically, you know, there was a point in my life where, you know, I was kind of, you know, kind of looking, you know, through the church market and and seeing where I could plant my feet and plant my family in terms of um, you know, serving as a youth pastor, you know? And so, um, I began to get calls from a lot of churches. Um, but the more that I got calls, the more I realized a lot of these churches were white, like, like, and I say white, meaning like most of their congregation was white. And, you know, it was just kind of like, Hmm, y'all know me, you know, I mean, I've always been able to kind of exist in, in both worlds, um, you know, not because I sold out or anything like that, but just because, you know, I, I you know, just in general, um, God just put me in position to be someone who usually when I open my mouth, when I speak, um, it doesn't matter what color, what skin, you know, what what culture, what background, I tend to connect with people. And so I, I don't have a problem with connecting with people. Um, you know, and that's just a that's a natural thing. That's not a brag. That's just that's how I'm wired. Right. But more or less, um, you know, in these church settings, you know, I would be brought in. And one church in particular, man, like the pastor, like he called me. He was like, yeah, yeah, we want you to come visit the church, yada, yada. And so me and my wife, we go that Sunday, right? And this is I think this is before we ever had kids or anything. And so, you know, we we literally sit in the church service. And I promise you, when the church service ends, he comes up to me. He starts walking us around, like showing us on a tour. And, you know, you would think that I already had the job. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you. I had a big problem with that because a dude, you don't know who I am. You know, you might've gotten maybe at best a recommendation from somebody that knew me. Right. Mm -hmm. But you don't know me like everything that I presented to everybody else in the world could have been a fake, could have been a phony. But the only thing that you saw was an opportunity to get a black man on staff at your white church. Mm -hmm. That to me was, is a massive problem. And Honestly, from that day forth, I kind of had a big issue with that approach just because, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be valued for who I am, not the color of my skin only. I do want to so, be valued so, for the color of my skin. Matter of fact, I don't want to be killed for the color of my skin. Right. So, Mo, but
2: that brings up a, yeah. cu- a question, you know, that kind of, okay. you know, I didn't mean to stop your train of thought, but no, so no, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of different ways that these, these things usually lay out. One is the more direct, overt way to where they ask you the question. So... What's your perspective? Are you know things of that nature, right? But then those those little subtle ones, to where um, they give you a whole bunch of information, knowing that things are missing, and then they ask you the question. So you know, what do you think about the plan? Do you think we're missing anything? And then that also leads into that 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 hey, really the real question that they wanted to ask you, which was I got hey. another one. <laughs> got, How does it? I got fit another one. Uh uh-huh.
0: it's, it's another scenario. There are also opportunities where, or, or situations where, you are the black friend, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like we we've all seen those moments. JD, I'm sure you kind of had some of those some of those moments. I mean, I know you from the Mac Town, you know, but you play baseball, mm-hmm. you know, and, and often in baseball we see those token black guy moments. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. No, I've I've been in those situations, um, really throughout my life, man. Like. It's funny you say baseball. So how do you respond?
2: So that was so that was my question. Is how so how do we respond to these? You know, well, uh, you know, I I know how I would, but you know, since you already started, JD, uh, how, it, how do you respond to these situations?
1: I I mean, I hate to say it, but it is situational, because you know sometimes <laughs> situational blackness. <laughs> I know, right? It comes back around, but you know, sometimes you have to kind of look at the situation and, and see exactly how how things may play out and it's crazy that we have to process all this stuff before um reacting but you know you mentioned baseball and you know I've had times where I mean I went to a very mixed school it was a it was a school that was really in a black neighborhood but because we were a magnet school we kind of got kids from everywhere you know what i mean and and so we had a very yeah we had a very mixed School, despite being in a predominantly black neighborhood, like right in the middle of a black neighborhood, um, but you know, I did. I I, I played. I played baseball. Um, I was in a mass media program that was, you know, it was kind of mixed there. But when it comes to baseball, man, you know, the expectations are that you are an athlete. But I was an athlete that was kind of known for football. And coming over with baseball, it was just like a. Oh yeah man this is this is my guy like you know it was it was more added emphasis on and this wasn't across the board but certain places where it was just added emphasis on who I was as opposed to just you know just being JD uh for the lack of better terms but you know I saw it more honestly once I got into a professional atmosphere uh college I mm-hmm. didn't feel like I I, I didn't feel it as much because we we really hung around black people for the most part us yeah until we like until we Mm party and you know when we party then you know we might have went around more except um, for the pipe parties yeah, I know, right? right. <laughs> like, you know, we we party in, in some of our ladies' years, I know um, Tori and Brian and myself, we we partied with more white people than we did black people, and that's that's another conversation. But I never felt token in those situations. It's always been mainly in the workplace. And I, I mm. think the only way that you can respond, bro, is that you have to first find a way to respond with your integrity intact. Because you don't want to come off as being, like, the, aka, the, the, um, not token black guy, but the, the, uh, the expected black guy. Or, you know, all of those different things that come coming, like, oh, why, like, why does it have to be about race and, and, and all of that? And it's just like, man, I hate that it has to be that way because I have to go through all of these thoughts in my head before I actually get a response out when it's like, honestly, bro. Don't ask me the question unless you can ask everybody in the room the same question. And if you can't do All that, then that's how you know that that question it may not be appropriate. Or you may be like slightly, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to use the racist word, but you know what I'm saying. Like you might be slightly yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to um put me in a token black guy role.
2: No, I, I think that's, that's deep, you know, for me, when I'm in those situations, it's, it's kind of like you, you know, I, I, I usually game theory it out, you know, so I, I think about the question, I think about the various responses that I can, um, that I can and should give, but I also look at the audience, right, so it, depending on the audience, and you know, where it's coming from, um, I'm always looking to influence and change the mindset of people going forward Ooh, okay. so mm. so depending on who that who is in the room you know uh, I, I can say okay I need to approach it this way because this would imp- impart on them a deeper understanding and help maybe change the behavior going forward right mm. uh, so so sometimes you know if it, if it comes to me as a question I kick it right back to us. so you're like you know I have my thoughts but you know let me hear your thoughts on it first you know uh, what are your thoughts what are your thoughts about, you know, hey, I see, you know, you might not looking at the underserved community uh, or, or the more mm-hmm. urban areas. So how, how would you address including them into your plan or your strategy? That way I put it back on them first, you know, and then that way they mm-hmm. kind of see, oh, okay, you know, let me think, think a little bit broader. Uh, but if it, but also uh, if it's some of the, something that, you know, it, it, that needs immediate or more direct um, attention, you know, I come, I come to them real and hard. Like, hey, I don't think this is an appropriate way to address this. You know, there needs to be a bigger conversation. You know, I, I can't just speak for the whole subset of people. You know, there needs to be a bigger conversation, community engagement, whatever the the, the plan might be. But it needs to be more than just one voice. Uh, so, I uh, so I think my biggest thing is how I deal with deal with them is how can I change the behavior going forward. Uh, so that's what you, I'm always looking for.
0: You read were- you raise an interesting thought, and and I got a question for y'all. So, Tori, I hear you, man. I hear you like like it almost sounds like intentional tokenality, if I can coin that phrase right now. You know, <laughs> I like we're, it. Where intentional tokenality. I don't know, but you know, more more or less. Um, my question for you is like, should we or do we? I I don't even know how to phrase it. Like, should we be okay with being a token? Because what you're what you're saying, Tori, is that in some of those situations you use it as an opportunity to influence right? right but my my pushback on that is the intention coming from the other side is often already devaluing your presence to a trophy you know for for, for lack of a better term like like in those moments where you know, you are the the black guy and you're surrounded by your white friends and your white friends are using you for validation because they feel like, hey, I have a black friend. Let me put my arm around him. What's up, bro? Let me let me let me let me you know, let's let's kick it. You know, I mean, you, we've seen all the you know, the stereotypical um, portrayals of token black guys. I mean, obviously, we went through a wave of movies you know, where there was always a token black guy and there was always a black guy in a scary movie getting killed. And, you know, the whole nine yards. But, you know, my thing is like. I feel offended when I feel like I'm not accepted just because I'm me as opposed to like you wanted me around because I'm the black dude. I mean, how y'all feel about that? Mm, silence. That's 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 see. That's a stumper. That's well, a stumper. I, I, well, no.
2: I was trying to get my thoughts together so I can say it the correct way. So to me, I try to take emotionality out of the, out of the situation, right? Uh, and what I mean by that is somebody has to be in the room to represent us. So if I'm going to be that person in in the room, I'm going to make sure I take full advantage of that opportunity. One to move the cause forward, and two to help once again, not just influence, because not. It's not always about influence. Sometimes it's about education. So I'm I'm trying to educate people Mm -hmm. as well. So uh, you can be mad or you can use it as an opportunity to be able to pull the next generation up. Right. And so I always look at it as the the latter. You know, if you look at how we got the right to vote and other things, and freedom and civil rights and things of that nature, you know, they was in uncomfortable situations. Sometimes they was and they was tokens in certain in certain situations. So, I, I, it's just something that to me has to be done. Yeah, but, in order to move things forward, I mean, I I, I, I do know. get what you're saying because sometimes it it, it just feels like it. Why we gotta be going through this? Why we gotta be doing that? You know, but you know, tell what, you, bro. Uh
0: huh. Like like the I gotta push back on that because honestly, the pressure. That honestly, like black people feel in those situations is that we have to accommodate them, not them accommodate us. And so almost like you know, legit feel that we don't have to put ourselves in those positions. Like we don't owe those people anything. We don't have to stay in those moments. So So here's a question. Let me push
2: back to you. So if you're not there and nobody's there and decisions are being made, what you gonna do next? So, uh, once again, I'm not there to accommodate anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm there to, once again, I I told you, I have two objectives. You know, educate and to influence. Period. Point blank. Mm -hmm. I'm not there to accommodate anybody. I'm not there to give a rubber stamp to nobody. I'm there to tell you my thoughts on the situation. Take it for what it is. You can either do it or don't. After that, it's up to you. So I, I so I think to me, I think we're saying almost the same things. It's just to me, I don't I don't see it as me accommodating them. I see it I as just, me I, using the opportunity to move things forward. I do get what I mean, you're just, saying though.
0: Yeah, because that's that white privilege, man. I just feel like that's that arrogance. Like that's that's the moment where, you know what I'm saying? Like where it's all about them. And for once in a in a in a lifetime, especially in a climate like today, like forget all that, man. Like, like we are black we are bold we are beautiful we are who we are regardless of our background we are not monolithic you know what i'm saying we go through all spectrum some of us talk like that some of us sound like this some of us you know we are all over the place and that needs to be recognized more than ever and in a time like this man i'm just like forget all that tokenality stuff like like the people that are in those situations if you felt uncomfortable to this point leave them like you know i get it i get i know what you're saying like there's a value moment in education and in sharing and if you don't all right maybe leave them as extreme like 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 maybe just just tell the truth you know what i'm saying like like drop the bomb tell the truth about how you really feel and i guess that's going right back to what you're saying because you're really saying education so right. i don't know so, i disagree with you at the same time while i, while I agree so
1: <laughs> I here, here's the thing right because I'm, I'm i'm listening to what both of y'all are saying and i'm just trying to think of more moments of me having where I've maybe felt like token um in a situation and like I said before it's it's definitely at work, and a part of me thinks that it's intentional, but the other part is kinda so I'll put it like this at my job, I am the hip hop guy, right that's just what it is, and a lot of that is because I'm very vocal about what I do outside of work and I don't, I don't shy away from, you know, I don't go to work and, and act like I don't do other things outside of work, right? Like, so they know that I, um, I'm in music. They know that I podcast. Like, they know all of these things about who I am as a person. But I think what happens is because they know that information, they kind of feel the need to have to bring it up. And I don't know if they're bringing it up to qualify it or to – quote unquote, make me feel comfortable. But sometimes it's kind of like, uh, I don't really need that. Like, so for perfect example, right? We all on quarantine. And, you know, of course, we're not in the office. Well, at least me. I'm not in the office right now. My my job is I can work remotely. But, you know, birthdays came around. I just recently came off a of birthday and I got flowers. And so on my flowers, the card says to our favorite music producer slash marketing coordinator, And I kind of feel like just say to your favorite marketing coordinator, like (laughs) you really didn't have to include music (laughs) producer. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like I get it. I understand why that's there, because it's like you you're trying to connect and also show that, oh, we recognize that you do other things. But it's kind of, you know, there's some there's some not necessarily tension, but I feel like there's just you don't have to do that. Right, because I don't think that you, Mm -hmm. I don't think you do that to your white counterparts. Like I doubt it if you're sending, you know, to my favorite, I don't know, Gardner and such and such. You You know what I'm saying? I don't think you're doing that. I think you're doing that because, like, you know, you you may want to make me feel more comfortable. What I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think you have to do that. Of course, yes, I do other things, but you know what I'm saying. Say, Say it
0: again. We're, we're, I just say it's because we're a mystery, like. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and I, and what and what I mean by that is our culture, like who we are as a people collectively, um, is a mystery to those who have not valued it for centuries, but more or less have demeaned it to slavery or to servanthood or to colonization or to xyz anything else you can throw in that in that in that uh you know in that space and the reality is you know they've had the privilege of almost accessing our greatness for their benefit whenever they want to and turning it off whenever they want to keep it funky like look at the music industry look at how our music is consumed how we're perpetrated you know visually how how our culture ha- is a cash cow for them right and they feed off of it to the point where they feel like they are a part of it but it, in in reality it's us like it's it's who we are and granted you know what i'm saying i don't like i'm not tripping over like the fact that they like our music like I'm, i don't like that's of course you do because it sounds great what i'm saying is they don't they don't value the people in the music like they value the product and that's how we're seen like we're seen as a product, product. even in these you know and it's in as a product and and, and so. as simple as the friendships you know where there's one black guy and you know and i'm just using this as an example because this was the conversation in my area coming up like like i went to a high school in a, in a part of georgia that was mostly white i came from an all-black area i moved in eighth grade i was one of nine black kids in my middle school um and i automatically became the cool guy I had nothing to do with anybody knowing me it was because i was a black guy they had rarely seen black people and more more importantly they had rarely seen black people from probably you know a all black area that talked differently that dressed differently you know xyz and when i really look back at that bro that's fundamentally crap hmm. and and it's because they were intrigued by me and I get it. Right. But at the same time, the the whole perception has to shift. Like that's not enough for me. Tori, Tor, I know you're going to say something. I, I just this conversation is hard for me, man.
2: No, no I, I, I get it. And it's shaped by our various perspectives uh, from growing up. Right. Um, I was just gonna say I I'm not, I'm not necessarily I, I do get what you're what you're saying and you're doing I do think it's a, it's an intriguing factor like you know the black culture um, and everybody wants to know about the black culture and like everybody wants to be a part of the black culture everybody wants to mimic and mock the black culture uh, but I, I also just want to make sure you know just for our listeners perspective and um, and education. Um, is that, you know, we're not trying to generalize and say that it's everybody. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like based off of our experience, it has been an overwhelming um, number of, of, of encounters that we have all yes. collectively and individually experienced over right. our, our, our lives. And so I've and had so, a lot of them. Yeah, And I've, I've had a lot of them as well. And so we're just trying to give you insights on our, our situations that we've been in. And that's right. it. But I, I agree with you. That it's that intriguing factor that you know, uh, from the outside it looks cool, but then when you walk a mile in our shoes, then you're like, oh wait, I don't, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know all of that came with it. And so, yeah, you, you know, ra- you raise a good and, point. And so for you, I think more what you're getting to is really that you know they want the uh, people that want to imitate the black culture, they want the good, but then they don't want to take the bad to come with it. They don't want to take the stereotypes that come with it. They don't want to yeah. take the harassment that comes with it. They don't want to take Talk the, about it. the they don't want to take the lack of access to health care, the lack of access to education. They don't want to take all of those other things with it. They just want to take the glamour thing, the glamorous things that they see mm-hmm. on TV. Uh well, and, and trying different. to glorify that. You know, that that's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, I, 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 I agree with you. They don't they don't want to experience the full blackness. It's really what it is. That's real, bro.
1: That's real. That's that's you, you said a mouthful, man, because I was thinking too, and I had this conversation with a with a friend that was listening, it was like, man, you don't like your job. And I was like, it ain't even really that. Um, because to be fair, full transparency, I think that particularly at where I work at now, the white people that are, that are there are very receiving and understanding of black people. And while they sometimes may not know how to show it. I think that there's dialogue that can happen there. Like I, I've never been at work and felt like I didn't belong at work. You know what I'm saying? It's like on, on this token conversation. I've never felt like mm-hmm. oh I don't think right. they want me here. Like I've never felt like that. I, I've always felt included, uh, number one. But I think uh, piggybacking off of what you said, Tori, it's important that our white counterparts have to understand that you have to accept all of us. Right, you got to accept. You have to accept, right. and and I, and I look at myself as someone who, if I told you my life story, you would look at me like, "How how are you here? Like I I don't even understand." Like mm-hmm. you're talking about somebody that mm-hmm. that grew up in in a, a predominantly black city for the most part. You know what I mean? I grew up around gang culture, protected in gang culture, realized that I was being a follower. In those situations and started becoming my own man and becoming an entrepreneurial spirit play sports go you know go to college and meet homeboys that open my eyes to to all of these different things and you know it comes back to understanding what it means to be broke understanding what it means to have a little change in your pocket understanding like relationships and all of those things and if you tell somebody that story and you wrap that up and put them in a work environment if we have those conversations you're looking at like hold on so oh you just you're more than just this right it's it's not just the oh come to work and you know oh you love you like hip-hop because that's on surface, that's what most people probably will see. They was like, oh, okay, this is an educated guy. He loves he loves hip hop, whatever. It's like, no, there's there's layers, bro. It's like we've all been through so much stuff that I think a lot mm-hmm. of times because we're black men, we don't get that benefit of the doubt of learning our whole story. They they take twenty five percent and they and they make that assumption off of the twenty five percent and just go with it. And they don't look at the other seventy five. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know,
2: that, and I that guess brings that's what's offensive to me. And it I would just say, I think that brings up a good point. Because, I, and Mo, I think the reason why I don't get offensive, and I think JD was hitting on this, is that when I walk into a room, I know I belong in the room. Mm. I don't care if I'm the only white, only black person that's, in there. That's true. That's real. I know that I belong there, and I know the reason I'm there is because I'm an expert when I come. And so when I open my mouth, nine times out of ten, I've researched it. 20 times <laughs> before I got there, I know what the answer is going to be. So I walk in with the same confidence that my counterparts walk in. And not only that, just like they would interrupt me to put their point across, I would interrupt them to put my point across. So I think for me now, as I've grown into my my myself and into being comfortable with who I am, because I think that's the first thing. We have to be comfortable with who we are individually before we can we can really, you know, uh, start holding people accountable for their interactions with us, right? So I'm comfortable in myself. I'm comfortable with my intelligence. And I know that, you know, I can go the back with the best of them. And So when I walk into a room, I walk into it with that exact same confidence, that exact same swag. I match hmm. everything from the dress like that, to the speaker and to, to everything. And so I think that for me is, you know... And I think that part comes with time. It comes with wisdom, you know. It comes with just you know life experience. And so I think you know at this age, this stage of the game, you know, I I don't some of the other stuff. Some of the you know I like to call it the small stuff. You guys know me. Mm-hmm. You know I'm a very compartmentalized person. You know I'm very even keel. Things don't rock me. So when I come in, it, it's I have one thing on my mind. It's about business. It's getting to the decision that I want anyway. So. Talk that talk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I think I think for me it's, you know, the reason I, I would say it's offensive to me, um, you know, I, I love the point you made, Tori. For me personally, it's not because there's a there's an insecurity in who I am. I think it, it mostly has to do with the fact of how I'm wired. I, I'm I am a mm-hmm. challenger at heart, not for the sake of conflict, but for the sake of of pushing the buttons to get us all to the to the same place. You know, like 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 I will I, I don't back away from confrontation. I right. I actually prefer it because I think healing comes from it. It doesn't mean I'm creating confrontation. But when the moment presents itself, let's go through it. Let's 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 walk through it. You share what you feel. I share what I feel. Right. We come out of it better, you know, and that's the end goal for me. That That's always the focus. And, and I also don't mind um, opposing wrong, you know, like I don't I, I, when things are wrong and when perceptions, when perspectives, when decisions are wrong, I don't mind being the voice in the room that says, hold up, that, that's not that's not it, you know, and
2: that's all, all of that is needed, though, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I've said I said this before on a, other podcasts is that's what the beautiful, beautiful part about the civil rights. Everybody had a lane to play. You Know and, mm-hmm. and and I think you're speaking to that is that everybody mm-hmm. has a gotcha. role to play in this bigger picture. That's you, that's you. You know, you're the one that's like, oh, no, right. no, no, I'm gonna confront you, <laughs> we're gonna deal with it now. Me, I'm just gonna tell you what it is and whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know, I already gave you what it's gonna be. <laughs> so, so I it, it's just
0: it, you, we, you used to say it a different way in college, but we're not gonna say it that way. I did, I did, <laughs> I did, I did. I did. <laughs> so, I think that's, yeah. the, that's the thing about it, that's the thing about it, yeah. And I get it. Like, it's definitely at the end of the day, you know, I love, I love what we said earlier, like intentional tokenality is one of those things where, you know, while you may find yourself in that scenario where you are the only, and regardless of what, you know, anybody else thinks about the moment, regardless of, of why they want you there or what, why they want to hear your voice, whether it's truly because they value or because they value what you can do for them at the end of the day there's an opportunity right like there's an opportunity to influence um and you got to find your comfort zone with it like you know for me in some of those situations I honestly would take the hard route and will back out and in other situations I felt like it was an opportunity to um you know to educate and and mainly those moments were probably with people that I knew that I respected that were I would see as real peers you know um and then i mm-hmm. that I care for at the end of the day because and, and caring for them, I wanted them to think better to do better, to know better um right. but honestly, there are some people who I could care less, you know, and that's just me being honest because because you gotta learn it for yourself, you know and 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 I'm not gonna be the test tube dummy for you right I'm just not right. like at the end of the day, what you'll learn is when I walk out this door or you know that lesson will be learned. You know, the, either the hard way, or the easy way. I don't mind you learning it the hard way, but so that's just me.
2: I got, I got, a, I got a, a one final question for 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 me. You know, um, and then you know, you guys can ask whatever else you want to. So, what is your ultimate goal in those situations? You know, if you could just paint the best picture of how you deal with these situations, what is your ultimate goal or the ultimate outcome that I, you will want to see from? Them?
1: I think um, in any situation, really, to piggyback off of what you said earlier, number one, I just want to, I'll say this, I want to change the perception. That's what I want to do. I want to change the perception. I want to walk away from any conversation that I'm having with anybody, black or white, but very in particular when I'm talking to white people, is change the perception. I want you to leave having a conversation with me thinking that, oh, okay, so yeah, he might have a hoodie on, but he ain't no threat like I was thinking initially when him walking up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, oh, this dude is actually educated and um but at the same time he knows how to have a conversation that doesn't feel demeaning, it doesn't feel threatening. It is just an interla it's a conversation that I would have with anybody, right? I want I want that perception to be changed immediately after I walk away. To where that they feel like whenever they're talking to a black guy, they can resonate on a conversation that they had with me and realize that, man, I have a lot to learn about black people. You know what I mean? I I, I definitely mm. think that's 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 my goal. That's definitely my goal.
0: For me, I would say, just I'll spare the moment thinking about it. I think my goal in those moments would have to be to present the most authentic situation possible um, for the sake of them having the real experience. You know, um, I would hate to rob them of the opportunity to meet a black man. I'm not going to say black men just because I don't represent all black men. I'm just me, though. I'm very proud to be a black man. I want them I want the experience that they have to to for them to walk away from it, you know, having realized that they've experienced maybe what they didn't expect to, you know, because obviously they probably came into the situation with expectations, with preconceived notions. And it's not that I'm necessarily here to tear all that down, but I'm here to address or confront whatever is inaccurate so that the next time that they connect there's a greater appreciation for who they're connected with. Right. I, 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 if that's about the simplest way I can say it.
2: Mm, no, that, that, that's good. And, and, and for me, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier. My ultimate goal is I want them to understand that they have to accept the full black experience, not mm. just the glamorous part. There's so much more to being black, to being a black male, to being a black female, than just the colorized skins just the videos, just the the, the glitz and glamors, there's a whole lot of interactions that happen on a day-to-day basis that dramatically impact and shape who we are individually and collectively mm-hmm. as a culture. And my goal is is to really, like I said earlier, to influence and to educate them about black, about being black.
0: Period, point blank. Man, that's a closer there.
1: So, wanted to take the time right now to really introduce a new segment, right? So, we get questions from here um, every now and then here, and what we wanted to do is kind of let those questions be known here on the podcast. And so, this first one I don't even know what we're going to name this segment, but you know what? I'm just going to come with something off the fly and say, keep the conversation going just because that's actually what she wrote. So I'm, I'm taking it. Like, you did yeah. it again. Yeah, there we go. I like that. <laughs> keep the conversation going, right? So this comes from one of our fellow uh, Georgia State alum. Shout out to Courtney. She says that um, I've been listening to each episode, but the past couple of episodes have been right out, out of my own personal circle conversations. Uh, first off, thank you for putting the voice out there for the people to hear. But my puzzling question to black men now is what do you do when you get pulled over since tensions are high? And I'm assuming she's saying get pulled over by the police when tensions are since tensions Mm. are high right now. So, Marlon, I'm gonna go with you first. And then, Tori,
0: you can um, tackle that Mm. one. Wow. That's a heavy question, Court. Um, Thank you for asking it, first of all you know i've have, I've have honestly played this scenario I'll try to be brief um I've played this scenario in my head multiple like probably countless times um in the past few weeks, and honestly, I don't have an answer and and I'll tell you why um because there's so many factors you know there there is the uncomfortableness that I will automatically feel when those blue lights go on the fear the reminders that many of us haven't made it out of these situations just because blue lights started flickering in, in our rearview view mirror. Um, and I've, I've pictured the best and I've pictured the worst. I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. You know, I've pictured myself sitting in any of those situations that our brothers and sisters have set in countless times, whether they recorded or not, whether they go viral or not, and, man, I just, I don't, I don't know. All I know is the, the only thing I could say is I am going to try my best to get home to my family. That's, that's really all I could tell you because everything else is a variable.
2: Um, you know, th- this is, you know, Courtney, I want to thank you for this, this, this question. Shout out to you. I hope everything's good. It's been a while since we talked last. um, it's very simple for me. You know, as a kid, uh, my dad, my older brothers, you know, they, you know, coming from where I was in a predominantly white area. Uh, we knew the rules. And so my process every time, it's kind of my end objective is just like Marla said. It's, you know, I want to make it home. You know, I think, you know, if you guys remember on the episode, we did talked about our greatest fear my greatest fear was not making it home. And it's because of right, a situation no, no, no. like this, right? And so, um, as a kid, as a young um, teenager, when I started driving, my dad and my older brothers, they always said, hey, if you ever get stopped, the things that you always do, you take your keys out the ignition, you put your keys in the in the little ashtray, you put your license on top of it, you put your hands on the steering wheel, or know on your dashboard, and you say, yes sir, no sir, Whatever they say goes, period, point blank. If you got a problem, you deal with it after you make it home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I know that sounds kind of like, you know, really? You're just going to listen and say yes sir. No? But, you know, if you've seen repeatedly these interactions going south, you know, a lot of the time it stems from individuals, you know, uh, wanting to be in a position of authority. So, uh, inciting, from a de-escalating, inciting, inciting yep, yeah. yep. So therefore, for me, in order to de-escalate an already tense situation from the black perspective, I try to comply with those to, like I said, to make it home. There are always other recourse, and I think that, you know, sometimes we need to just remember that there's always other recourses, you know, to, to deal with things once you get, get out of that situation. And so I think about the bigger picture. You know, some people might say, oh, that's going to you weep. I, I I ain't got time for all that. I, like I said, my biggest objective is to make it home to my wife and my children. I got kids to raise and I'm trying to be here to see them. They get married and have their own kids. So that's, that's my interaction. Is it right? No, it's not right. But. It's the system that we have. And so until we get better systems in place, you have to know how to mm-hmm. play the system to win the game. That's
0: a great
1: point. Yeah, man, that's 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 powerful what you just said, Tori. Um and I'm I'm conflicted because it within your statement you said de escalate. And you know, we, we we had that conversation um couple episodes ago where we talked about how a police officers job is to should be should be to de escalate situations. And right. I mean, I agree with both of y'all, man. My my objective is to get home to my wife and my, my two girls. And, you know, I've been in those situations to where you get pulled over. Whether you're in the right or wrong, you're terrified. As soon as you see the lights, you're terrified. And, you know, you pray to God that it don't, it's not at night. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm, Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so to answer your question, Courtney, I would say I'm terrified to get pulled over. Um, how I respond, I would do what I probably do the majority of times. Um, you know, have my paperwork in order and, pray to get out of that situation as, as safe as possible. Uh, but I'll be lying to you if, if I didn't say within that moment of fear, I would also just be pissed off because I have to be scared or feel the need to be scared of the police when their job is, is to truly protect and serve. Um, I hate that I, I, I have to be fearful. Right. And I had this conversation with my wife, um, when I was just telling her, like, yo, I need a, I need a break, man. Like, this stuff is like bothering me at the moment. Just how we're we're being treated in, in this country, and you know, with police officers in, in general, just like how they're they're treating us, it's a terrifying situation. And I know, I, and, you know, I, I have people that I that I talk with. I got people on my timeline that they wouldn't echo the same things that we're echoing right now, right. Um, and right. their their thing would be, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna match their energy, right? And and I'm not mad at them for for thinking that, but also, I've said repeatedly that as you get older, your priorities shift. If I was twenty, Correct. if I was twenty four, twenty five, and I wasn't married and didn't have kids, I might be willing to match that energy a little bit more than than I would at thirty six now. With a wife and two kids, like those are my priorities i'm I'm trying to see them again, and so you know, regardless of how you may that may make someone feel you know i I gotta get home, and so that means by getting home by any means necessary and unfortunately, for me, I'm not trying to see a jail cell, and I'm not trying to see a grave before it's my time so I'm trying to I'm trying to do what I got to do to get home, you know. That's
2: good. I think I think we all say the same thing. So at the end of the day, Courtney, uh, for us as black men who are married and have kids, uh, our primary objective is to make it home to our wife and kids, you know, by any means necessary.
1: Um, black thought, man, for for this week's episode is change the perception let's change let's change the perception of being token in the workplace or in in just in any um any situation let's change the perception of how white people look at us let's change the perception of how police officers look at us everyone needs to change the perception across the board white people got to start looking at things a little bit differently man you gotta understand that we're we're more than than what we're more than what you see. That's it. We are more than what you see, and it's up to you to find out what that more is. And that could be through conversations. That could be through, you know, taking that time out to research whatever that is. I think you have to figure out that it's more to us than what you see. So that's it, man. Um, thank y'all for listening. Make sure y'all subscribe, rate, and review. Go to our YouTube channel. Check out our Black Alka-Thoughts where we discuss the episodes. If you want your question on the podcast like Courtney's, uh, send that question. DM us. We would love to hear from you. We would love to get your feedback um, and just to see where we're going in, in the future with this podcast. So it's the Black Man Think Podcast. Thank y'all for listening. See y'all next week. Peace.
0: The Black Black Men Think 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 Podcast.